Here we go. So, Father, we thank you right now. We open our hearts to you, and I'm asking that you'd quicken us. We need you. We need you. We need you. Stir our hearts. Stir our minds. Activate your spirit within us, because without you, we can't do anything. We want that divine wisdom, the impartation, the impact, the reality. So we call on your name right now, invoking you as Lord. Begin to move in our hearts, quicken our minds. Begin to let us begin to sense who you are and sense your presence and direct our hearts, bend our hearts. Mm -hmm. Let us speak as an oracle of God. Let us receive the engrafted word that embedded in us will transform our hearts and our minds. Mm -hmm. We lean into you. You're the wisdom of God. From the beginning, you are wisdom. Mm -hmm. And we need your wisdom right now. And if anybody lacks wisdom, we're to ask of God. But not only that, you're made unto us wisdom. Mm -hmm. So wisdom and intelligence and insight and discernment is the hour and the time. And you've already equipped us for that. So right now we trust you in us, the greater one. In the name of Jesus, begin to manifest your heart. So we lift our hands, we surrender our hearts, and we ask that you subdue our activity of our minds right now. In your presence, God. In quietness is confidence. We bless you, we honor you, we're grateful, we're thankful. And like Serge said the other day, the gratitude we speak whatever we're grateful for. And like Paul, like Peter, blessed be the God and Father to speak well of you. And we can in every situation right now because you're in every situation in our lives, individually and nationally. And we thank you right now. We welcome you right now. And I lean into you, dependent on you right now. Not moved by how I feel or what I think, but who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right, let's turn to our Bibles in Proverbs chapter 11. And I want you to put in your notes, if you're taking notes, times, seasons, and happenings. Times, seasons, and happenings, right? I want you to write that down. And I want to, I'm going to read out of Proverbs 11. I read out of some of it last week or the week before, but we're still in that. And underneath your notes, I want you to write the law of measure and balance, number one, or A, or number two, or B, 2B, the law of pushback, right? The law of measure and balance and the law of pushback. And both of those are eternal laws, right? And I'm going to give you a scripture as you keep your finger in Proverbs 11. I think I wrote it down as Proverbs uh, 8.29. Let's, let's go back two chapters. 8.29. I'm going to see if I can see it in here. In this, let's see. 8.29, 29, 29. 8.29. I'm say 29. I don't know what your translation says. It says, it says, when he gave the sea his decree that the water should not pass his command, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, right? So I want you to, in the law of measure and balance, God measured things out. I think there's another scripture you can look at later, and I wrote it down, and it's in Job. And Job talks about, he, he measured things, he set the, the seashores from overwhelming the ocean, and the ocean overwhelming the lands, and he, could, he asked Job, where were you when that happened? I set boundaries. So in the law of measure and boundaries, they're already set universally and put universally. It's already established at creation. When God created the earth, he set light from night. He put <coughs> boundaries. He put measures and allotments, right? And so he measures. So it's the law of measure and boundary. It says in, in Zephaniah, he's the man with the measuring line in his hand. So what, all that I'm saying this for has been what I use to give people hope for. And I want you to put in your notes the reality of hope, right? Because you can lean into that. You don't have to think, is this God's will or is this not God's will? It's established universal. Right. 
uh, weak Christianity and religion don't have a concept, a clue, or an idea of this. Job did. David did. Ezekiel did. All those guys knew he was the one that had the line, measuring line, and established it universally. Even Paul wrote about it in Ephesians 3. He goes, he's the dimensional Jesus. Not this flat line thing. He's dimensional, high, wide, universal, right? Colossians, you look at it when you guys go home. He's the universal Christ. He's not just in a little building. He's not, with, he's not just the, the, the little person in the church. He's not that. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Father of all spirits. I mean, human beings. Right. And He's the Holy Spirit, not in Pentecostal or dancing, but he, He's poured out on all flesh. Mm-hmm. So when I go to hospitals and, and I used to visit places, people say something like, the Holy Spirit's convicting that person even before they leave their body. I have confidence in the universal Christ, Right? It's established. He's, he wants no one to perish, so the Holy Spirit will deal with the guy on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about, did he go to church? Did he not go to church? I don't have to think about that. He's universal, and he's working on it. He's on all flesh. Mm-hmm. All flesh. Just say all flesh. All not flesh. religious flesh. All flesh. All Human flesh. beings. He's on his creation. Right. The day the temple was rent, the Spirit of God was poured on all flesh. And I told you my story before when I was a little kid with a baby blue sweater and stripes, looking outside Bayview, looked like a prison in a cage. And I felt this presence, and I knew it was God, right? You, you know it. When you sense God, you know it. It's intuitive. There's always a knowing, not a thinking, but a knowing. And as a little kid, I had nothing to do with God, but I knew that was God. I already touched my heart and my mind for my future. Mm-hmm. And that'll do that for our kids' kids, right? The next generation. People are, what are we going to do with our kids, man? It's getting rough. They were born for this. They're ready. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God will work with them like he did me and you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't, I'll tell you straight up, I didn't get it into church. I got it outside in a playground beginning, mm-hmm. right? He touched me there, and then it grew. I met yeah. people, right? right? So that's God's reality. So law of measure and balance. And I want you to, I'm going to look at uh, Proverbs 11, right? And it says this. A false balance and unrighteous dealings are extremely offensive, mm-hmm. right? And shamefully sinful to the Lord. But a just weight, say a just weight, and a proper balance are his delight, right? So it's universal. It's set in the universe. There's called the pendulum swings, right? It happens in our own lives. Like inside of you, you could swing extreme right, and God will swing you back to the extreme left and then into the middle. That's just how you walk with God. But you got to walk. you got to learn these things. So you're, mm-hmm. you're walking and you're trying and you're trusting. And you can go extreme. I went extreme. When I first gave my heart to the Lord, I didn't do TVs, music. I, I, I was in a hole. I was just radical and God didn't require it. Mm-hmm. Never did. That was my extreme bending. He didn't tell me, don't watch TV. He didn't tell me to quit lifting weights. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that in my head. Well, if that's an idol, I'm going to... So I went extreme, right? Yeah. And I went over there extreme and that's extremely nonsense. And then he balanced me back out, and so I started lifting weights again and, <laughs> and, and trained and everything else. But the, extre- the pendulum swings in us, right? Extreme right, extreme left. Extreme right, extreme left. Right here is the middle, right? Right in your nose. The tree of the knowledge of good and the tree of the knowledge of evil. Tree of the knowledge of good, the tree of the knowledge of evil. Guess what? It's the same roots. It's the same tree. Good and evil are in the same tree. There's only one tree that's called life, one tree that's called Jesus, and that's the one, the source that we're to walk in and learn. And in that one, I talked to a person the other day, as he's trying to, as you're learning Christ, I want you to learn the elements of Jesus Christ. Every time I ask this guy in his season of life, what, what's going on? Well, I'm reading my Bible, I'm getting revelation. So what is 
God's occupation in this revelation for you? What's he, you don't know what he's saying because you're not hearing, but what's the element? What is he doing in your life? Can you tell me the element and what's happening? Well, I'm feeling the washing, right? That's an element of God. Mm -hmm. Ephesians says the washing of the water of the words. Mm -hmm. So if this guy is in a season through the scriptures, through meditation, through prayer, through just walking and talking to God, it's water, right? It's, it, and it says it washes away spots, wrinkles, blemish. So if God's visiting you in water, that means he's restoring you. That means you've been dry. He says, I'll restore things, right? The washing, it's water. If he visits you in the element of light, that means illumination. You know, it's called an epiphany. Some people call it a coming to Jesus moment. I don't care what you call it, but it's an element of Christ is light. And in that element of light, it's in Ephesians as well. He talks about water. He talks about light. And light is for illumination. All of a sudden, some thought is deeper. It's more clear. It, it has light to it. You know, Serge made a statement to me a few months back. And, and uh, he was in the office. And he told me, I went to this church, Craig. And after it, you were out of this church, I went there. And I go, he goes, I just had to leave. I said, well, tell me why. He said, I don't know. It's just no light. He used that term. There's no light coming out of that. There's no light coming out of that person. They're saying things, but that's not light. Mm -hmm. And he says, I, I want to do that. I want light. And that's why I'm over here. And I said, okay. So that's an element of Christ called light. Light is for illumination. Write it down. And number two, inoculation. Illumination and inoculation. As light is coming to you, you have direction. Proverbs says the path of the just gets brighter and brighter as the noonday. That's Proverbs. Brighter and brighter as a noonday. Psalm says the entrance of his word will give you light. Not the scripture, not the scripture, not uh, uh, the Bible here, but the word, the person, the word person, Jesus. The thought of God that manifested on the earth is Jesus, right? And, and that light will inoculate and illuminate. So inoculation is to kill germs, right? Um, when you go to the light, germs die. That's why he said, you guys are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Say that with me. I'm salt, I'm light, right? You, that's why people right now are, are in the balances of life. They don't know their shit. They go, hey, man, this little church thing is not happening. and Because it's not even reaching governments, right? Jesus scared governments. He, or he concerned governments, and he scared religious churches. Or religious religion. There was no churches then. Temples, synagogues. That's him. He touched governments. Pilate was nervous. Who is this guy? He's salt and light. Paul said, we're salt and light. we got to have that. So it's not like sermonizing. It's not little town preaching. It's none of that, right? It's the wisdom of God that's intelligent. Say intelligent. intelligent. Remember Proverbs 7. If you go there, Proverbs 7, 4, it says, remember I told you I was in a church service, and the guys that were speaking in this, in this uh, Texas area, and I was sitting in there, and I said, I can't buy into this. I will not drink the Kool-Aid. I'll drink the cup of the Lord. I'll drink that cup of stuff. I'll drink that, but I'm not drinking Kool-Aid. And so I went out of that church. Uh, Danielle was actually there, and I sat in the foyer, and I just started frustration. I, was, I just cried. I said, man, I can't do this. What's wrong with me? And then Proverbs, a person came in the hallway, and when I had, like, tear, and they said, uh, wisdom is your friend. Insight's your friend. That's intelligence. Hang on to that. That confirmed it for me. Don't buy in and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. Most people are basically blind sheep, right? But we're discerners. And we got to learn that. You're not going to learn that in sermonizing in churches or mo most of the places. And I hate to be uh, anti. I'm not anti the church. I'm anti what's anti Christ. And uh, performance, theater, acting, 
smoke screens and skinny jeans. All that stuff is nonsense. And it's not meeting the need of the hour, right? But wisdom is, intelligence is, and that's who's in you. And, and First John will get there in a minute, four, and I want you to say it with me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And, that's, and he says in that context, he's saying, I fully equipped you to be able to be sensible, say sensible, sensible. reasonable, reasonable, discerning, and intuitive. So you won't drink the Kool-Aid, right? If it doesn't come from God, sorry about it. That whole first John was about the antichrist spirit. It's anti the Christ. Whatever is antichrist, whatever is not of him is trying to replace him. I'm against it. Right? I don't care if it's religious forms, religious men that appointed themselves and, got, and weren't anointed by God. I'm against it because they're replacing something that belongs to God. I don't care what it is. If they don't believe in healings for today, that's anti the Christ. If they believe it's a social club instead of a body of living believers in the body of Christ and the kingdom of God, that's anti the Christ. Right. It's trying to replace something, reduce something. Mm-hmm. I won't have it, right? Neither will you because you're discerning. And people need discernment right now. The, you write it down. The greatest gift of this hour is the discerning of spirits. Yeah. And that's just not, hey, listen, that's not Pentecostal foolishness. You know, I see a demon behind a doorway. That's silly. Discerning of spirits is discerning what spirit that person's of. And I want you to write in your notes, nothing personal. This is your uh, soprano. It's nothing personal. When you discern, like I told, uh, it, was, it was Osvaldo. Man, I go to these churches, Craig, I'm frustrated. They, this guy's dressed in a suit, has, wants money for another plane. He has bodyguards. I can't abide it. But my friends are saying, don't be so judgmental. I said, no, 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 no. You're discerning, you're not judging. I mean, you're judging not and discerning. I can, what did I tell him? It's not judging, it's discerning. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. So don't let go of that. He's brand new and he sees. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? Hang on to the discernment and what's true, what's real, what's reasonable, what's intelligent, what makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to do that across the board. At first, John says, discern, test, try, prove every spirit. Say nothing personal. Jesus took it like that. Peter came down from a mountain with a revelation and he said, I'm going to suffer many things. And he grabbed Jesus and said, don't suffer. And he said, get behind me, Satan. That's his best buddy. Yeah. Nothing personal. Say nothing personal. nothing personal. He was walking with the disciples one day along a road. And they said, they're not receiving you. Lord, we'll call down fire like Elijah. And he goes, hey, buddies, you don't know what spirit you're of. Nothing personal. So it's people get mad like, oh, you're so hard on people. No, I love the truth more than that person. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're to do as discerning. Love the truth, don't buy the lie. Tell it, say, love the truth, don't buy a lie. Right, I can't. No, friend or no friend, right? What spirit is that of? If it's not real, not having it, right? So the law, back to the law of measure and balance. It's universal, it's in the earth right now. It happens in my life, your life. When I swing, I told you, my religious swings and swinging back and finding the right way. By the tree of life, say the tree of life, right? That's life, light, love, truth. Look at it. Put those elements down. Life inoculates, illuminates love, right? It casts fear out. It builds you up. It's unconditional. You know, many, most people, they freak out, right? I have most of my counseling with some uh, of a group. They're almost like hypochondriac Christians, right? There's a, that's a mentalist, right? They're, I don't feel this, so that means God's mad at me. I don't think this. Maybe I have this sin in my life, or I don't do this, it's hypochondriac. You take it in the natural, it's OCD. And, and we're at a place where mental health is a new issue. Mm-hmm. It's, a new, it's a new excuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh, I can't, I can't compete today. I'm not feeling it. Sorry. That's, you need mental toughness. That means push through anyway. When you're trembling, Paul goes, I'm trembling sometimes before I talk to you guys. What did he do? Stop. I'm trembling. Somebody pulled my tail. He went and did it anyway. It's mental toughness, right? You push through and you grow as the push is happening. You, you don't panic. You push through. Stay calm. Say, stay calm. I tell myself that. I remember telling Chloe that in baseball. Calmness breeds calmness. I got this. That's self-talk. But you learn God through your years, and it gives you more confidence. Say confidence. confidence. Write down your notes. Trust, confidence, and faith. Trust, confidence, and faith. Trust is, I know these universal laws of God. And if you look in your Bible, there's called, it's, called, it's called the law of faith in Romans. In Romans 8, 1, it's called the law of the spirit of life. In Proverbs, the law of just balances. Those aren't things that God's putting his finger on you. Well, God said that he's doing that to uh, this administration. No, he's not. He set those boundaries universally, and that person or that administration is crossing that boundary. Right. When Herod crossed the boundary of being a king into thinking he was a god, guess what? The law of the universal law, not God saying, I don't like you, Herod. No, the universal law, you think you're a god, guess what? You're gone. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's that balance. History will help you. When we're doing this thing, we're wanting to learn what? Number one, intuitively, which is discerning, right? Use history, which is part of our learning, right? And science and math. And they'll all agree in the proper order with God. And they all make sense. And they all produce sanity. And that's why Paul told Timothy, you don't have a spirit of cowardness or fear, but of love and a sound mind. Yeah. Soundness of mind right now. And most people are just needing anchoring. But if I could get them to look at the inward Christ and the greater one within them to discern it, they kind of already know it. Mm -hmm. Most people really, if they're regenerate, the hardest people I deal with is the unregenerate, which you lead them to Jesus to have life, or the unbroken, that they're so hard-headed and cerebral and mental, and God is a study and not a life, they're hard to deal with, right? Those two kinds of people. But if they have life in them, eternal life, they have discernment. Everybody does. It's natural. It's a simplicity. The smallest of children, you walk to the grocery store and your kid says, uh, I don't feel right about that person. I listen. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the pure in heart. When, when she's little, I listen. I don't feel right about it. I ask why. And I look hard. Like, she's probably right. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the purity of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. It says they shall see. Yeah. So that's a pure heart. What's wrong with that dude? I, I got to check him, Right? Is he trying to take someone, steal someone, do something like that? I got to check him. I don't ignore it. Oh, it's okay. Go get your candy far, far away. <laughs> I would never do that. When she was little, if I can't reach her, I'm not watching her. Yeah. I used to say, if I'm not, I used to say, if I can't reach you, I'm not watching. So that's, you know, to be like, oh, I'm watching him. They're down the block. <laughs> I'm saying, dude, they could be snatched in a second. And I'm not losing precious cargo for nobody. Sorry to hurt your feelings. Sorry, whatever judgment you want to make on me, but if I can't reach her, I'm not watching her. Because mm-hmm. so, there's bad people. I used to tell her when she was little, not all men have faith. I don't want to ever scare her, not put fear in her. But I said, what's wrong? Not all men have faith. Come over here. That person, not right. Mm-hmm. Right? That's discernment. But as you grow up, you start to reason it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because discernment sees light and dark, right? Discernment sees that. Discerning of spirits is, that's a, that person has a pure heart. Why do I like them? 
Why am I attracted to them? Big smile, little kids. I see a little kid, uh, uh, Brad's little granddaughter, mm -hmm. hops on my lap. And I go, okay, I've got some light. <laughs> Things are all right. I've got some light. She just trusts, right? So they see light or darkness. So do we. Well, they, see, they sense truth or a lie. So do we. They sense reality or hypocrisy. So do we, right? Nothing personal, right? Just judging and discerning, right? And that's what he said. And I want you to write those scriptures down, Matthew 16, so you don't get all hung up. Uh, oh, that's, that's a friend I'm being so hard on him. No, you don't know what spirit you're of. Jesus said that to his best buddies. He told uh, Peter, get behind me, Satan. That's pretty hard words. And we don't have to get crazy, just discern. And once you make the discernment and you know it, know it. K-N-O-W, decide with it. Side with it and decide with it. Yeah. And let nobody move you. And you'll find in time, it'll be confirmed. You'll find in time, it'll show up true. Mm -hmm. That's with us, with people. That's with the nation, right? Yeah. When you see something and it doesn't look right because the, the tech, the Facebooks present a certain way or, or the media presents it a certain way and you start doubting yourself, don't. Mm -hmm. In time, they'll happen. In time, that will fall. Like the New York governor guy, corrupt, not good guy. Well, he's not here anymore. In a suddenly, because universally he touched the line, gone. Mm -hmm. Because Daniel, you put it down in your notes, five. He says, and to the intent, this is the motive that the living may know, that the Most High really does rule in the kingdoms of men. And he sets one down and puts in whoever he will. I'll get there in a minute. And that's, you know, when you get that thing, I used to get cynical. I'm like, oh my God, this guy sucks. He's corrupt. I mean, in churches. How long? I tell everybody, yeah, how long? Will this work? It works. They're just in, in the balance. If they keep crossing the line, they'll be removed and replaced and sat down. Mm -hmm. Before that usually happens, people see the darkness and non-light in their lives. And in the religious churches, they see the Eli's where the lights are dim and things are going out and people are going through the cartoonery and the, and the motion and no presence. But they'll keep going until it shuts down, right? Mm -hmm. But universally, back to the law of measure, right? Just balance. Here's the balance, right? And I'm going to get there in a minute. So the number two is the law of pushback. So universally, things are happening. These people that are crossing lines, we as a, as a I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm into politics at all. I'm into righteousness. And my friends that talk to me that lean towards the left or to the right, I'm against both of them. I don't care. I'm not Republican or Democrat. I belong to the kingdom of God. Right. So do you. I'm about righteousness, not about nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. So whoever's not right is not right. That's the bottom line. I don't care if they wear blue, they wear red, or a porcupine. <laughs> That's the libertarian. Kane always tells me, I can't do Republican, I can't do Democrat. I'll do the porcupine. <laughs> you know, which is more closer to the Constitution and not so like extreme in a certain way. If it doesn't hurt someone, I don't hurt me. I don't care. Right? So in the middle, right? The, the just balance. What was I telling you? I went blank on that. Oh, pushback. The law of pushback. And I want you to look up a scripture for me. And it says this in Exodus, and it's the amplified version. And it says, the more that the people of God were persecuted is the more that they multiplied and grew. It's the law of pushback. And see, these things happen by creation. So when I'm talking to people, it gives them a hope, which is an anchor. And then it also does the math, the history, and the science. And they go, hey, I could, I could trust that, right? That's the universal part of God. Nothing personal. I could trust that. And then they see it happening then they get confidence in that, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then the next level, they have faith with that. Right? Now, faith is a substance. Now they can take action with faith substance. But it's not right. Not Republican, not Democrat. It's righteousness. That's what it's about, right? Did you find it? The more they uh, were persecuted, <coughs> the more that they multiplied and grow, and it's the amplified classic version, which is AMPC if you're typing the headline. And that's called the law of pushback. When did the law of pushback happen? At creation. Just like when he set the boundaries that Job said. And we'll, maybe we look at that just to, to uh, I think I wrote it down, Job. Let me see. That's Job 38.5. But we'll, if you find that one about the law of pushback in Exodus, let's hit that before I go on. Exodus 1.9. 1, 1.1? 1, 1? You want to read it for me real loud? 1.9. 1.9. Yeah, Exodus said, 1.9, amplified version. Yes, sir. So he said to his people, Behold, Israelites are too many and too mighty for us, and they outnumber us both in people and in strength. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, let us let lest they multiply more and should war befall us. They join our enemies, fight against us, and escape out of the land. So they set over the Israelites taskmasters to afflict and oppress them with increased burdens. And the Israelites built Pithom and Ramses as store cities of Pharaoh, or for Pharaoh. It says, the, and the more that they were persecuted, the more they multiplied and grew. Does, does you have that in yours? Does you? I was like, does you have that in yours? <laughs> I can't look it up on mine because mine's taping for Brian. But, but the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied and expanded. That's it. What, what is that verse? Twelve. Ezekiel, uh, Exodus what? Uh, One twelve. Ah, right. The more they were persecuted, and that's the law of pushback. And the law of measure and balance, where did it happen? Job 38, well, I think it's the fifth verse. It happened at creation, right? And, and he even questions that. Job was questioning a lot of things. And, uh, and it's okay to question. Say question, right? Question. Yeah, it's okay to ask questions. If you want to be a discerner, don't be afraid to ask questions. That's what Nathaniel did. They said, hey, this is Jesus. And he goes, no, nah, I'm not sure, right? And he goes, he didn't rebuke him. He goes, you're a man without guile. And I'm going to show you more, right? Just be honest. You can ask questions with, with God's reality. He's not afraid. He has no spot, no wrinkles or blemishes, right? This is the fifth. I just can't see it really good. Let's see the fifth verse of, uh, who it says, who determined the measure of the earth, if you know, or who stretched out the measuring line upon it, right? That's Job 38. And he's telling them, by creation is the law of measure and balance. So you don't have to panic right now, universally or individually. That pendulum will swing, but it'll come right down in the middle, and you drink in the truth of that, right? Mm -hmm. Same in political regimes. They go, we have not been, honestly, politically, we, since a year, we've been under like more of a totalitarian government, more of a, you know, but, and this is how it works. They take away laws, they bypass constitution, and then all of a sudden lawless comes. And, and any man in a position that has no laws, boundaries, and checks, they become dangerous, right? And that's what's happened to like America as a nation. It got dangerous because they said, well, we have a law. Well, we're going to bypass that law. What do they call that? Executive order. Uh, we have constitution. It doesn't mean that. Executive order. And we have people protest. It doesn't matter. They don't know what's best. They're stupid and we're intelligent. Mm -hmm. So that bypass produces lawlessness. Yeah. It produces a man out of check and in a dictator role of power. Mm -hmm. But we'll, we're getting it back. We'll say we'll get it back. By the law of, of the pendulum swing. Yeah. It'll come back. He, that guy keeps going that direction. You won't see him anymore. Mm -hmm. 
You just won't. Whether they get set down or set up or set out, that you won't see them anymore. Right. And that gives you hope to go, hey, no, there's no panic. I don't have to panic. But the next law is the law of, uh, of pushback. And it's like that, and that's by creation. When you were born in the earth, when people are born in the earth, they, when they're, the more they're pushed on, the more they push back. The more they're persecuted, the more they multiply and grow, right? The more, that's the law of pushback. And it's going, it goes on in your life, my life. If you've got something that you're battling in life, or, and it's the way of Satan, to, he always overplays his hand. You may not know at first. I was talking to a person and counseling them for a mental aspects, and they, they had a leaning towards, you know, I feel this in my body, so maybe it's this, and maybe it's that, and maybe it's this, and that's an OCD typology in the mind, right? And then it gets to, to self-discerning and a hypochondriac feeling. And you want to liberate that. You don't want to buy into that. And I tell them, the hardest part is when you feel something that's real in your body and you don't know, and, and the accusation will try to interpret it for you. I don't know if that's true. You know, my back hurts. I don't know if this happened to my back. What do I do? I don't know. But, but I know it hurts. And it, but the interpreting, that's the first part of your warring in your mind. When you first get a certain thing or feel a certain thing, the, the accusations of interpreting. Well, you have this, you know, I mean, people that are extremely in fear, they'll end up like, well, you got that means you got cancer, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, that dog would come, then they start getting ready, they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because it's the beginning. And then in the beginning, it's just this interpreting. But then I, and I always tell them that, like, here's what, here's what God says. Here's what God's doing in your life. Here's what that. And they'll go, yeah, okay. And I go, if not, time will tell. And you just say, we'll see. So day two, day three, they go, hey, guess what? I don't have, I'm not dying. Well, the hard part's over now. Now you have defined, and your body tells you, nah, nothing, nothing to worry about, you're still here. That other thought, so you're going to leave tomorrow. Well, it proved itself wrong. But it's the introductory that gives you the anxiety. Put that down. It's the introductory that gives you the anxiety. If you stay in it long enough, consistent, and not panic, you're going to see it play out, what it really is. Amen. And that's wisdom, right? There's safety in that. That's the law of pushback. So for mental wellness, just stay calm. You know, uh, trust God. How do, what does that even mean? Trust means that he's in control of this thing universally. I have experience with it in my darkest hours. When my darkest hours, I learned the most. Religion told me, when you're in this, this is going to happen to you. Guess what? It never happened. It never happened. Yeah. So how can it be real? The opposite happened, right? Same thing for Peter. Uh, he goes, hey, Jesus, get off my boat, man. I'm a... I'm a sinful, corrupt man. And religion is, that's what religion would say. That's what it was saying to his head. You're right, Peter. You're, you're horrible. And Jesus has nothing to do with you. What did Jesus say? What did reality say? What did the kingdom say? He goes, no, you're not. He didn't even acknowledge it. He goes, you're a fisher of men. In your darkest hour, I'm going to give you your identity. Religion's saying, no, you've got to walk the altar 300 times, cry, and if you didn't do it enough, your things aren't right enough, and self-righteousness, forget it. Right? And he said totally the opposite. No, you're not. You're a fisher of men. Oh, you gave me my identity in my darkest hour? I got a revelation of the Father? Yeah. Way different than religion, right? right. So, but you don't know that until you learn that. Mm -hmm. And write down in your notes, I'm learning Christ. Listen, you could be in a mess in your life, and you caused it, but God didn't send it. But guess what? He'll use it. Yeah, he you, you can't stop yeah. learning Christ, if you're wanting to learn, you can't stop learning life. You can't stop learning to trust. Right. You can't stop learning and growing in wisdom. You can't. And you're going to be attracted to that. That's the law. There's other laws. The law of draw. The people that you're drawn to or are drawn to you, that's the ones you're connected to. Mm -hmm. 
That's the law of draw. A guy talked to me the other day at a dinner table and he said, I said, what happened to that group of people that you had, those 40 people and et cetera? And he said, well, we got out of that bad situation, but we started dividing among ourselves about doctrine. You know, uh, hey, I, you know, is prophecy for today? I said, that's, that's foolishness. You can, number one, if you have eternal life and life with God, Jesus in your life, you can have relation. It's relational. Say relational. relational. With everyone that has that life of God. So, like, I, I have a, a guy that's a Baptist a friend that's a Baptist preacher guy. We have relationship based on Jesus. And I told this guy at the table, relationship based on Jesus, I have it with him. Doctrine, no. I don't believe any of his, uh, most of his doctrines. But he has fe- I have fellowship because of relationship with Jesus. You could have that. If you guys would stay out of that ego and cerebral and, and thinking God's theology and not reality, you could have a relationship with every one of those people. And then he sets order in that place. It's like that guy who said, well, I don't think prophecy today. What's the order? Where do you fit? Where do you belong? Because you're definitely not a teacher. You're definitely not a leader. So let's talk and unpack that later. But we set people in order. That removes the chaos. Yeah. The biggest problem in religious churches is that you've got men's hands and not God's hands. They appointed themselves and not God appointed them. And so you have a problem with that. They bottleneck it, like my friend Jim Hogue said. What do I do in this place? What do I do in this place, church, Craig? What do I do that? It's, it's a family member. He's bottlenecking it, but he's not, I go, he's not called. That's a business. That's not the kingdom. Right. It's a business. They're like, my dad's the owner. He's the, what do you call it, CEO. My other guy's this, and he's that. And so the real guy in the congregation, which was the Hogue guy, he should be right over there, but they don't have that because it's a business and not a kingdom. That's what screws it up in the little world. But God's bigger than that. Say bigger than that. And see, it's not even relevant anymore. I, don't, I used to have to smash that to, to reveal Christ because it's being replaced with an anti-Christ garbage. But now God's like moving so much more. The Jesus in reality in you and I, is, it's got to touch governments as well as, as temples. Right? Amen. And it is. Say it is. It is. All right. So the law of pushback. So let's go to Daniel chapter 5. And listen. The whole universal Christ and the universal establishing of lines and boundaries are simply to give you real hope. Right. It doesn't end it. It just gives you hope of who's in control of it. And that's not fantasy. That's reality because it proves through history and science. Right? God's not against science. Say he's not against science. Not against science. He creates science. Right? He's not against history. He tells us learn from it. You know, religion, it's just dummy down. It's not smart. It's not wise. It's, it's either uh, fanaticism or legalism. We don't got time for that. Mm-hmm. And in our own lives, we don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. In Paul's writings in Colossians, he goes, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son and of his love. Right? Yeah. So the darkness that Paul talked about, people always want to talk about, oh, they were on drugs or they were on this. That's not the darkness. The darkness in the content of Paul's writings was superstition, asceticism, legalism. They were all in religion. Mm-hmm. And we have that in our mind without help from anyone most of the time. Right. Superstition. You ever do that? I, I have a great week with God. I have the comfort, confirmation put down in your notes. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, encouraging, confirming, and establishing. And I get this thing from God and I get confirmed and I feel the energy of God on it. And then it comes via people, not my own mind. And it's so real. And I go, man, I feel so good, but I want you to establish this. And then what happens to me? I could walk a week from now and not felt any of that. When I feel the high time, I go, I hope I don't lose this. I hope I don't wreck it. 
something bad's got to happen. I, I get the door and I undo the door at the key. I go, wow, this might be the, the thing before the storm. And I told myself, I caught myself with that thought. So that's a bunch of religious nonsense. Amen. It's nothing to do with God. When I'm doing good or bad, he's still doing. Yeah, exactly. So don't fear it. It's just another form of fear. Whatever you love the most, you fear the most. Mm-hmm. I've counseled people that say, man, uh, I, I love my kid, man. And I get these thoughts and dreams that he's going to be in an accident and this and that. I go, whatever you fear the most, you love the most. You're going to have to anchor your head and trust God in this reality. Yes. Whatever you fear. I, I don't fear much from human beings. I, I used to fear like losing the revelation of God, the, the clarity of God, the, the whatever. And then I found out when I went through the, you can't, it's unbreakable. It's unconditional. It's irrevocable. And not only was I chosen, I was called. I go, oh, and that's speaking into me. Oh, what am I fearing? Right? Yeah. Then it's just my own mind playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. And that's how you learn. So the mind is the battlefield, right? Second mm-hmm. Corinthians 10. All our battles are in our thought processes. Yeah. Lies. That's what you always tell them. Lies. It's lies. <laughs> it's lies. You're lying. It's just lies. Right? And the, and the, uh, the mind is also the, the birthing ground. Mm-hmm. Peter says to gird up the loins of your mind. Don't let your mind go crazy. We used to say, don't let your mind travel. You're creating a bunch of little kids that you can't raise. They'll be little monsters. <laughs> yeah, like, what's she say? I got monsters under my bed. <laughs> and on the head. Yeah, somebody said that. Some singer, Rhea, whatever her name was. Rihanna. Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the battle of the mind. So that's mostly what people are dealing with right now. And if you, if you can get back and anchored by hope, the universal Christ, right? The law of pushback, these are laws. And that's not personal. He doesn't just pick out you. When you're crossing the line, you get picked because of the universal law. He's mm-hmm. not just picking you, right? Mm-hmm. And there's safety in that for our whole country, right? It'll, it'll sway back. You watch and see. It'll, it'll come back. And Daniel 5. Let's go there. Make sense? Yes. Make faith. Yes. Yeah. That's what you want. I don't know where Daniel's at. Where's Daniel? This is in Daniel 5 is where I'm, I'm going to go to if I ever find him. Daniel. Sounds like the Alan John song. Daniel, my brother. <laughs> Let's see. Daniel 5. And I want you to write down Proverbs, right? Because as we're learning and discerning, right? It it, it says wisdom, like I told you, that person told me in that hallway. It's intelligent. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is is inside. It's my friend. And it's going against the grain most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. And and when people talk to me, and I'm telling them if it, in in America-wise, if it's no science, it doesn't make sense, it's nonsense. And then that means what Exodus says, let my people go. I want to be free. We're called to freedom. We're called to liberty. Galatians says that. Paul said, I want, stand fast in the freedom that Christ gave you. Religion is bondage and politics are like that as well. Mm -hmm. But he says, stand fast in the liberty, the freedom. You know, it's sad because even guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I seen him and he's talking out of his head. I'm like, dude, you are not relevant. You're, you, you came out of Austria because of the freedom that America gave you. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to talk against freedom for some paranoia. You're not even relevant. The America that you came to, it doesn't exist right now. Mm-hmm. So what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You're just like the religious people. You're frozen in time. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for freedom, you wouldn't even be here. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even came here. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden freedom's not important and, and we just want to push a, a, something in your arm. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not freedom. Yeah, yeah, I can't think it is, mm-hmm. right? It's the see even those guys are irrelevant. They don't even know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
but we stay relevant with God on it. So it's not what, but why people are doing things. You know, he says, test every spirit. He says, whether it come from God, what's the intent of this thing? It's definitely not trying to help me. Right. It's trying to control me. And I don't want that. But you can't be a weirdo, fanatical, religious person. Nobody listens to you. And I wouldn't listen either. <laughs> You've got to have wisdom from God, which is relevant. Discernment and light from your heart, which they'll all pass the listed test. Discernment, wisdom of God will go on and affect science and affect common sense and affect it all. It, it is that real. Yeah. And that's what helps people. Mm -hmm. All right. So Daniel 5. I'm trying to, I think it's 11. We'll try the 11th verse. If I'm talking too, let me see. I'm almost at my time. I didn't even get there. <laughs> I must have done a lot of extra talking. Hopefully not too much. Let's see. Daniel 5. Let me see. I think it's the verse. I, I'm going to try 11, okay? You look at Daniel later in your own context, and I'm going to try to read it here. And, and, uh, if you want to circle 24, I can barely see it in the light here. Yeah, 24 through 28, right? Thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. Now I want you to circle 24 through 28, right? And I'm going to go back. Thanks. Just hold that for one moment, if you would. And uh, this whole context of Daniel, it talks about the law of measure and balance that we're talking about in our own lives and in a universal Christ, right? And uh, I'm trying to see... Or if I put it here, let's see, verse 9. This guy had a dream. You read it later, this king, right? Again, the law of measure and balance. And he was, he was basically mocking stuff. They stole stuff from the temple of God. They, they, were, they were celebrating. They were partying. And they were just mocking whatever, all these things that came from God. And it says, Now the king Belshazzar was greatly perplexed and alarmed, and the color faded away from his face. Yeah, I'm, I, I'd like to see some of that a little bit. I think, well, a guy like Biden is pretty pale already, so I don't know if I'll be able to tell. It says, now the queen mother, overhearing the exciting words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house. The queen, the queen mother, said, king, live forever, right? <laughs> Republican, live forever. Don't be alarmed at your thoughts, circle thoughts. So he had a visit, right? Let your face be cheerful and expression colorful and your face change. This man in your, there's a man in your kingdom they call him uh, uh, the spirit of the holy God. He has light, understanding, and wisdom. I want you to write that down. When all the religion's failing and all the politics are failing, there's you, salt and light. There's that reality of Jesus, light and understanding and wisdom. That's what people need right now, right? It's not, you don't, if in Matthew 23, he goes, there's prophets, wise men, and scribes. He doesn't say uh, religious preachers, etc. He says, this is the kind that will speak in this kind of hour, right? This kind of man, a discerning man, this kind of man, a wisdom man, this kind of person, salt and light, different for the rest of the way things are going in society. And because an excellent spirit, verse 12, knowledge and understanding to interpret was in him, to solve knotty problems. And it says like difficult sayings, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm trying to find the word of balance. Okay, it goes on to one most high. It goes on in verse 20, and I think I'm going to wrap it up after this. And it says, uh, I think it's 20, but in his heart was lifted up, and his mind and his spirit were hardened. So he doubt probably he was disposed from the kingdom and throne, etc. But where is the balance? I'm looking for it. Okay, I think it's right here, 24. So here's the thing. And there was part of it, it was sent the presence of the Most High by the writing on the wall. So he had a visitation with the writing, right? When you cross the balance in life, 
and you're not listening inwardly as a, as a son of God or daughter of God, there'll be outward stuff. There'll be some outward writings for you to deal with, right? This king or any king that presents himself as king right now in America, same thing. The inscription written, meaning, meaning, tekel, good luck, Craig, with a parson, numbered, numbered. Mm -hmm. He goes, numbered, numbered, weighed, weighed divisions, weights and balances. This is the interpretation of the matter. Meaning was God has numbered the days of your kingship and brought them to an end. Tekel, you are weighed in the, that's what I'm looking for. You are weighed in the balance and found wanting. Paris, your kingdom and your kingship are divided and given to uh, the Medes and the Persians, right? So that's the definition. That's the interpretation. But let me look at that law of balance. You are weighed in the balance and found wanting, right? So that's what goes on with those laws of balance and just balance. So last thing, I'm going to wrap it up because I don't want to, uh, what do you call it, overdo it. And then we'll go back to this. Say, write down your notes. For this hour, the greatest gift is discerning. And, and on your own, I want you to go through 1 John and read it with the, with the spirit of wisdom, right? Read it in that way. Feed off of it. Don't just get mental thing. Don't get caught up in things. I used to, I used to hate reading uh, 1 John because, you know, and I remember another guy at council recently, they're like, well, if you sin, oh, I never measure up. He goes, Craig, I hate 1 John. <laughs> I'm like, that's not the idea. If you get the revelation of it, the whole concept of 1 John is building you up. It's made for you to overcome. And he tells you that because you have life, first chapter, eternal life, you have fellowship with God. And that life will keep you in righteousness. You won't be able to keep doing wrong. It's encouraging, not you did wrong and God's not with you. No, he said, I'll keep you doing right. You'll wrestle with me, but I'll give you life, right? That's the whole concept. The second chapter is, he says, we have an anointing that abides us. That we have anointing that we know all things that we could discern, right? Mm -hmm. So the anointing, First John 2, put that down. I'm going to wrap it up quick because I don't want to belabor it. Uh, you have an anointing and know all things. Say know all things. Know. Knowing is intuition. Knowing is not knowledge. Knowing is within. Knowing has the witness, right? If it doesn't witness with the litness, it's not God's reality. So knowing, you know. He says, you have an anointing and know all things. Say, God's fully equipped me. I know these things. I just can't doubt these things. I know these things. I just can't doubt them. Mm -hmm. Then he goes into the fourth chapter and he goes, uh, greater is he that's in you. You are of God. That's exhorting, right? When someone tells you, hey, you're of God. That's pretty, that makes me happy. And he goes, and the greater one lives within you. And you're to discern, not every, say every spirit comes from God. And he goes, comes forth from God. A religious spirit doesn't come forth from God. A political spirit doesn't come forth from God. So you're measuring, judging, and discerning, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, you're going to overcome that. That life, in the fifth chapter, he says, this is the life that overcomes. It's Jesus Christ, the Son, in you, and he overcomes the world, he overcomes Satan, he overcame sin, and all that. Listen to the life, listen to the light, listen to the truth in that, right? That's how he built us. Say, I'm built that way, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and close it with this, Acts 14, 22. I just, all you, all you want to do is take heed and start listening within. It, you'll go from trusting uh, believing confidently into faith. And faith is a substance. That means you take action with what God has said to you and things begin to happen around you. That's faith. By faith, they shut the mouths of lions. By faith, they establish kingdoms. By faith, by faith, by faith. But trust, you're in control, right? Confidence, put out the fears, fires in my life. Faith, now I'm in faith. I can take action with a substance that will change my direction and the direction around me. Right? Yes. So here, let me finish it up. Acts 14. Thanks. Man, look at this. I got a little light right here. 
And it says, uh, in the King James, it says, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting, put exhorting them to continue in the faith that they must go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom. Look at the Amplified. Establishing and strengthening the souls, the hearts of the disciples, urging, warning, encouraging. Say urging, warning, encouraging to stand firm in the faith and telling them that it's through many hardships and tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So that write down by your note on that right there. Say confirming, confirming. right? Uh, exhorting. That I, I love being exhorted. Confirming matters to me, but we want to establish things in our lives. Yes. Like when your transition, you went from uh, exhorting, exhorted you to the part of God, confirming, hey man, that a boy, you're doing good. Now let's establish it into the new life that you're to become, mm-hmm. right? So make sense? Yes. Make faith? So Father, I want to thank you. Do you take this, multiply it, break this bread, cause it to mean something, have meaning to it, and touch our hearts and our minds, and you fully have equipped us. We're discerners. We're learners. We're light bearers. We're salt in this situation. And we bless you and we love you that you're that real in this universe, the universal Christ, and that real in our lives. So we appreciate it. We keep learning. Keep directing, keep instructing, keep revelating, and we doubt our doubts, and we believe what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, sir.